0: From the very beginning, the charismatic and ecumenical aspects of our call were integrated tightly with the call to covenant community. That's what this second session is about, our vocation, our ecumenical and charismatic vocation to covenant community as participation in a renewed Israel. I remember, of course, going through my Life in the Spirit seminar, 1971, being prayed with, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, encountering God in a new way, His redeeming love, touching my life. And not long after that, being invited to go on a community weekend. And there are a couple of things from that community weekend that I still remember to this day. What is it, 47 years later? Is that possible? One of the things I remember, one of the the two things I remember from that Event at the Hall of the Divine Child in Monroe, that Catholic boys' military school with wooden rifles and uh, what a strange place. <laughs> the thing I remember beyond the wooden rifles were um, it was a teaching by Steve, by Steve Clark. On covenant as the foundation of, uh, of Israel's life, of the life of the people of God. I remember Steve reading from Exodus 19, verses 3 through 6. Then Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I bore you on eagles wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all of the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine. But you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. I remember Steve standing before a uh, mobile chalkboard outlining the structure of Exodus 19 through 24. And uh, I I don't know if I'd ever studied Exodus at at this point in time. I I didn't know a lot about covenant. And I don't remember the exact words that Steve used for the structure of Exodus 19 through 24. But the basics, I think, are, are clear. Exodus 19, this reminder of how God had redeemed Israel from Egypt, how he had manifested his great love for his people already. Exodus 20, the revelation of God directly to the whole people of Israel and the giving of the ten words, the ten commandments. Exodus 21 through 23. The covenant stipulations, a set of of commandments that are given within the context of this covenant relationship, which is being offered, not simply a set of of abstract do's and don'ts that are universally applicable, but a set of stipulations that shape the life of the people of Israel as they are seeking to be faithful to this covenant that God is giving to them and then Exodus 24 the ratification of the covenant a ceremony in which there's both there are both sacrifices but then also you have Moses and and the leaders of the people going up on the mountain and having this mystical revelation of God and partaking of a meal With God on the top of Mount Sinai. It expresses something of what the purpose of the covenant is. It's that Israel might live in this intimate union with God as a people. That's one of the teachings from my community days that I remember most clearly. Almost a half century later. Could have been yesterday. Yesterday. And I think it's absolutely central to what God's purpose was in the bringing of the communities together in the beginning of the 70s. By the way, I might say coincidentally or probably more precisely providentially, in the Jewish lectionary today, Shabbat, in synagogues right, right around now, the text that it's being read is Exodus uh, twenty through twenty four. Just happens to be the case. The point of that teaching from Steve was that there was a purpose in God redeeming Israel. There was a purpose in the awe-inspiring redemptive deeds that God had accomplished for Israel in Egypt and the awe-inspiring revelation of the very voice of God sounding forth from Mount Sinai. These were not ends in themselves, nor were they gifts bestowed on Israelites as a group of individuals the divine goodness had intervened in the lives of this people to form them into a people, into a nation. A priestly kingdom and a holy nation, a people whose life was a life ultimately of worship, given over to God, and a life of manifesting God's character and God's presence and purpose in the midst of the world. In the same way, we had this sense that our community life was really the ultimate next step it, 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 after having encountered God in the way in which we had encountered Him. Having experienced being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Also, having an, having seen that... We had brothers and sisters who were from other traditions than our own. Who had experienced the very same thing that I that we had. I mean, I I remember for myself as a Messianic Jew who had been participating in a uh, kind of non-denominational group of uh, Jesus freaks in the early 1970s coming (laughs) And, and meeting for the first time Catholics who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it, it was a shocking experience uh, I, and, and bewildering. Uh, here were Catholics who were studying the Bible uh, every day and praying every day and had this living relationship with Jesus and were bearing witness to him uh, in, uh, in the dormitories at the University of Michigan. And I could not but recognize these are my brothers, these are my sisters. And God was bringing us together to bear witness to this truth of what he was doing. But also to bear witness in some ways to the church as a whole that there was something about being a people that the churches were were, were losing sight of. And part of this move of the Holy Spirit in the 20th century was to recapture this notion of peoplehood in a charismatic and ecumenical context. Now, what I, I think was... Only implicit in Steve's teaching at, on that community weekend, but was definitely implicit is is this connection with what God of God's relationship with the Jewish people, God's relationship with the people of Israel. I don't think it's uh, it's just any coincidence that this, the the key texts is uh, Exodus 19-24, through this text which is the very heart of, of Israel's life. What's implicit here is that the New Covenant as a whole is a renewal of God's work with the people of Israel. That Jesus comes to his very own people, that Jesus is the Messiah, the King of Israel, that he is raised from the dead as the King of Israel. That his first followers are all Jews and what God God is doing in that early community is is an eschatological renewal of the people of Israel. And this is clear in the prophetic texts that point forward to Pentecost. For example, Jeremiah 31, this text that speaks about the new covenant. It speaks about the Torah, the, the law of God being written on our hearts. Jeremiah 31 is a text that's speaking about God's renewal of his commitment to the people of Israel. Or Ezekiel 36. This text, which is speaking explicitly about the, the spirit being given to take out this heart of stone and to give a heart of flesh so that we might obey the commandments of God and live in covenant with him. Again, the context of Ezekiel 36 is Israel is in exile and God is promising to bring Israel back to the land. It's about the renewal of Israel and its covenant with God. I don't think we always saw this so clearly. Sometimes it's easy to, again, simply spiritualize and immediately transfer and read Israel. And then we just think, think of church. And we don't recognize that, that in some way, these prophecies are still bound up with the flesh and blood reality of the the flesh and blood descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And that the very life of the church itself is bound up with the life of the people of Israel. And that our community as as a renewal of of a sense of peoplehood is itself a recapturing of certain insights that are built and have been built by God into the life of the Jewish people. I don't think, again, it's any coincidence that we drew so heavily on Jewish wisdom in fashioning our life in the 1970s. I still remember Steve talking to me on a retreat in 1974 at Steubenville, and Asking me to go to the library and do some research about the Sabbath, because uh, he had this idea that we needed to to find a way to celebrate the lord's day in families that brought worship into the very home and didn't leave it simply in in the church in a church building and so I went to the library and I was going through traditional Jewish prayer books and coming up with some ideas and then coming back and talking to Steve and then we developed what became the Lord's Day ceremony. That was simply drawing from traditional Jewish wisdom and many things in the life of the community were drawing from Jewish wisdom because there's been this this truth and this wisdom carried in the life of the Jewish people about what it means to be a people. And so as we were trying to recapture that as a community, we look, that's where we looked. We looked to Jewish history and we looked to Jewish tradition. And we found it renewed in the work of the Holy Spirit in our midst. This integration of the charismatic and the communal was, I think, always intrinsic to the very covenantal purpose of God. This is what we see in the book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit is poured out on Pentecost, immediately what it leads to is not just a blessing on a group of individuals. It leads to an intense community life. But what we also see in the book of Acts is that this is a community of Jews living in Jerusalem in the midst of the life of the Jewish people, bearing witness to Israel that the life that this community is living is what God desires for all Israel. That it is, in fact, that which had been prophesied for Israel in Ezekiel 36 and Jeremiah 31. It's the renewal of Exodus 19 through 24. Now, there, there was one other element from Steve's talk that I, on the Community Weekend that I still remember. And that was an exposition of these two Hebrew words that are so central to the reality of covenant. The Hebrew words are chesed and emet. These are words that are sometimes translated uh, steadfast love or kindness, covenant love, chesed, and emet, truth or faithfulness. These are the character traits of God that are manifested in both God's giving a covenant to his people and his fidelity, his enduring fidelity to the covenant. You know, what's at the heart of covenant is both a sense of of love and, of a kind of rock-like love, of dependability, of reliability, of faithfulness, of the sense of you can count on me. What roots the covenant is God's loving fidelity. But then what that summons, what it evokes from the life of the people of Israel is a response of chesed and emet in relationship to God and in relationship to one another. And what Steve did was, I think, quite brilliantly. Then bring this down to very concrete, practical, tangible terms about what it means to make a commitment. You know, ultimately, this is leading to, you know, the underway commitment. The whole notion of co- of covenant commitment goes really comes down to this sense of Chesed and Emet. It's not a commitment to, a, to an abstract ideal. It is a fidelity to a covenant that God ultimately gives and, and is the surety of. It starts with God's chesed and emet, manifested in the chesed and emet of Jesus who lives out Israel's vocation perfectly, who lives the covenant He is the covenant partner who is perfect. And in the perfection of his covenant fidelity, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, he seeks to renew Israel in Israel's fidelity to the covenant and to summon the nations of the world that they might join in and be part of what God is doing and has done with Israel. This I think was so important in the nineteen seventies because what was happening in the in the life of our society was this this breakdown, this dissolution of, of covenantly faithful relationships and a transformation of, of church communities into service institutions. And a breakup of of neighborhoods as stable environments of of, of people helping one another and, and and sharing with one another and of course, this has only intensified over the last fifty years. All you have to do is think about. A former Surgeon General talking about an epidemic of loneliness as, uh, as a health hazard. Or, or England establishing a, a Minister of Loneliness. Uh, you know, uh, something tells me that that's not going to be an adequate response to the problem. But it's good to acknowledge that there is a problem there. The answer, the ultimate answer to a a refashioning of even basic natural structures of community life that are breaking down and have been breaking down for half a century. The answer is God's answer. It's God's covenant life. It is chesed and emet. It it, It is the establishment, the renewal of Israel's life as a people in the midst of the church. I've been thinking a lot about these things for the Messianic Jewish movement. And I believe that uh, we, as uh, a movement, really need intentional communities. We need to see uh, Messianic Jewish covenant communities emerging in the next phase of our history. And I've been talking about that internally to the Messianic Jewish movement. Uh, we'll see what happens. I feel like I'm too old to to do this kind of thing, but I can talk about it and hopefully inspire maybe some others. But I think that also for you all who've been doing this, it's it's also important for you to be refreshed in your sense of how this ties in, not only with. With this work of the, this charismatic ecumenical work of the 20th century that I talked about in the first session, but with God's fundamental purpose, not just in the establishment of the church, but all going all the way back to the call of Abraham and the giving of the covenant to Israel at Sinai. We are all, we are part of all of that. And this is something which is God's purpose for the church and for Israel. And we need to pray and long for that reality, but live in our own circumstances today, whether they be for me, Messianic Jewish, or you in the life of an ecumenical charismatic community. Living with this vision of what our roots are and what our purpose is, and what, where God is taking us ultimately. We are part of a move of God. We have a vocation that is charismatic, ec- ecumenical, and it involves a call to covenant community as a participation in a renewed Israel.